Hello, everyone. Welcome to a brand spanking new episode of Not Aspirational with Hannah Brown. I'm your host, Hannah Brown, and welcome back, everybody. I hope you all are having an amazing week so far. Really quick, right off the bat, if you don't follow me already, follow me at Hannah A. Brown on Instagram and Twitter, Hannah A. Brown Zero on the TikToks. If you can't get enough of me, head on over to patreon.com slash not aspirational, where just $5 a month gets you access to all of the bonus episodes. We're currently recapping season one of Laguna Beach over there, and it is a wild, nostalgic ride and super fun. So check it out if you want. Um, Also, really quick, wanted to just touch on Valentine's Day really quick, because listen, we're in a pandemic, and I feel like Valentine's Day... It, it can leave a bad taste in people's mouths. And here's the thing. If you are single in this pandemic, my heart goes out to you because I feel like at bare minimum, if we're going to be stuck in our houses for over a year, everyone deserves to get laid. Um, but I just wanted to say before we get into today's episode and today's amazing guest, if you're single this Valentine's Day, I sympathize with you. And I also spent like most of my Valentine's days single. Like I've only been with Jake. It'll be two years in June. So like I'm not normally a non-single gal for Valentine's Day. And I remember in my single gal days, it was my favorite, favorite holiday aside from my birthday, (laughs) because it was just an excuse to pamper myself all day long. Like I would go to a spa, which I know isn't really an option this year, but like you can do an at-home spa. I would get my hair done, which is is an, an option this year, I think, depending on where you live. Um, but I would literally like go to a spa, get my hair done, buy myself like a cute little outfit. And my my still standing Valentine's Day tradition is to eat McDonald's as much as I want um, because I love McDonald's. We all know this. But I remember I loved it as a single gal because I was like, no one's going to see me naked. I'm just going to eat this McDonald's. Whatever happens will happen as far as how I digest it. And then I'll just put on my best friend's wedding, drink some like pink bubbly and fall asleep. I mean, if that doesn't sound like a perfect night, I don't know what does. So just wanted to sort of sprinkle that into the episode, because if you're feeling a little bummed out about Valentine's Day weekend, um, my therapist and I always talk about like reframing things. And I just invite you to reframe it and be like, oh my God, yes, it's Valentine's Day. But also now I just have like a perfect excuse to spend all of today pampering myself and doing whatever the fuck I want. Also, I don't know about you, but something about buying myself a huge heart-shaped box of chocolate just makes me feel like the lead of my own rom-com, and I love that feeling, which is why I absolutely bought myself a heart-shaped box of chocolate literally yesterday at Walgreens. Um, Yeah. Also, Mercury is in retrograde, and I don't know about y'all, but I am feeling it. The energy is like, wah, 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 like literally feels like there's like a Mercury in retrograde, like UFO shooting light beams down on all of us that are sending weird energetic vibes down to the planet. I mean, like technology is always fucked up during Mercury in retrograde. I'm really exhausted. I have this like inexplicable headache for literally no reason. Um, so again, just want to invite y'all to the word that keeps coming to my brain is cocoon. Like just let's all just cocoon up hunker down, get under a weighted blanket, like put on our favorite robes and just like wait this out, ride it out and prioritize yourself, your boundaries and um, your needs. Because this Mercury in retrograde, I mean, I always 
I always feel them, but this one I'm like feeling it. And I just want to know, are y'all feeling it too? DM me. Let's talk about it. Now, let's get to today's amazing guest. Today on the podcast, I am joined by my friend of like many, many years, Joe Pacenti. He is a writer, storyteller, and the author of two books, Which Way and his most recent book, At First Sight, which just came out a couple months ago. He is hilarious, so kind, such an amazing writer. I have like 30 pages left in At First Sight, and I'm honestly not ready to be done. Um, We've literally grown up together. We used to be co-workers in Chicago together, and you'll hear us throughout the episode be like, that's growth, because we have been friends through so many rock bottoms. I'm not going to speak for Joe, but he's been my friend through so many of my rock bottoms. So to be able to have him on the podcast, reminisce a little bit, and then celebrate this amazing book he's written was such a treat. We discuss his new book, At First Sight, how he found his way to writing as his preferred form of storytelling. He also makes a strong case for ambient noise in both relaxation and the creative process. We talk about the joy of getting drunk at a suburban bar, the time we both saw Britney in Vegas in two very different settings, and so much more. So I know y'all are going to love this episode. I know y'all are going to love Joe. Without further ado, let's get into it. Here's my conversation with Joe Pacenti. Joe Pacenti, welcome to the pod. I feel so welcomed. Thanks for having me. Oh my God. Thank you so much for being here. I'm thrilled to be joined by you on the airwaves via the Zoom. Me too. Um, How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I worked a little bit. I skipped the gym, which is always fun. Yes. I got my second coffee. What are you having? What are you sipping on? Well, usually I go with just like a cold brew, just like black, like maybe a little bit of oat milk and some cinnamon. But for Mm. this occasion, I was like, I need a little bit more pep, a little sugar. Yes. Yes. So I went with a vanilla latte, a skinny vanilla latte. Delicious. Love. I, yeah, it's a little later your time too. It's like seven. All right. You know, the thing about me and coffee is I can have it at midnight and fall right asleep. Like it's just not a big deal for me. Yeah. Same. Isn't it? I feel like it's really mature of us that we're not drunk for this. Cause I feel like given our history as friends, it's like a shock (laughs) that the first time that we recorded, we were like so wine drunk. So. Oh God. I, like I'm, uh, yeah, I'm like, yikes on bikes. Uh, <laughs> um, so thrilled that you're here. Before we get into you, I wanted to ask, how was your Super Bowl? <laughs> well, funny enough, I didn't watch one second of it because I don't care for football at all. I wasn't hanging out with anybody. So I decided just to watch scary movies, the Britney doc. And just eat my own food and have fun. Like, I don't need to watch the Super Bowl at all. I, I'm like, I have been obsessed with the Super Bowl, like all of my adult life. Like I always try to find a party to go to. I'm really mostly in it for the food and like the fanfare, let's be honest, and the halftime show. Mm -hmm. But I was so painfully hungover yesterday, like devastatingly hungover to the point where I was like, it was like one of those hangovers where you're like, this is like how I die. Like, this is the end. Like. I'm what dying. Were you drinking the night before that got you into this like horrible state. So Jake and I were like, let's do like a proper date night. So we had like a pre-dinner cocktail, then had some wine, and then had a post-dinner cocktail. Okay. And the pre-dinner cocktail was bourbon based, and the 
post-dinner cocktail was vodka-based. It was an espresso martini. And I didn't, quite frankly, didn't eat enough for like how much I drank. And I didn't feel that drunk. And then all of a sudden we were like getting ready to go to bed and I just had to throw up. And all of yesterday, I could not stop throwing up. I was like an absolute waste of space. And I was like, I'm not watching the Super Bowl. And I was like, I also like, I'm not, I'm not sad about it at all. Like if there's no food and like people to hang out with, like, what's the fucking point? And I heard the weekend was just meh. Like eh. he does his thing, but like, he's not really a good halftime show performer. Yes. In my and you know, like I, I was talking with someone in my DMs about this. When it comes to a Super Bowl halftime show, like I really only want divas. That's what exactly what I said. Like Miley should have been the halftime show. He should yes. have been the opening. opening yes. Show. I'm like, I want to know, like, I want to know what the divas are going to be wearing. What's their hair situation? What dance moves are they going to do? Are they going to have backup dancers? Like, I just, that's all we, that's all any of us want. When you think of iconic performances, it was like Beyonce, mm-hmm. Lady Gaga, mm-hmm. Harry. Like those are the people that like draw all the viewers because everybody wants to see them. Yeah. Like, no one's like, ooh, Adam Levine. That was a fun year. Like, no one like, even fucking exactly. remembers. That was awful. Exactly. Ugh. Anyways, I just wanted to touch on that because I feel like the Super Bowl this year was weird. Like, it's like there, there shouldn't have been an audience. There was a large audience. You just told me that before we started recording. I didn't even know. Well, like, why? For a 25,000. All I think is Dana from Real Housewives of Beverly Hills going 25,000. Yeah, fucking 25,000 people in the audience during a pandemic. Like... Ugh, awesome. So dumb. dumb. Um, but let's get into you, Joe. Um, first of all, I want to ask, um, just as a warm-up question, when I finally am able to visit Chicago and we're allowed to have a night out together, I just want to manifest this. Tell me where you would want to go to dinner with me, where you would want to get drinks with me, or like what the pregame situation would be. Like, what would your ideal night out for us be? I mean, let's go to Crosby's. Okay, great. Mm -hmm. Let's just invite Brandon and anybody else that we want to see. Yes. Um, Cocktails at my apartment or Brandon's again, just because it's like music Mm -hmm. videos are going to be playing. We're going to be having like maybe a little bit of shot action going on. I don't Mm want to like touch on alcohol too much because we just both had a deadly weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, we're going to hit up sidetrack. Like, I know it's like, know, as if, like, as if I needed to ask. Yeah. And then we but, might bar hop, like when it gets to like, you know, midnight ish, we just got to okay. see, got to check out the vibe. I'll, I'll be like, let's go to progress. Like there's never anyone there. So it's always fun. Cause there's somewhere to sit. <laughs> yes. Anytime that me and you can sit, we're like, yes, <laughs> thank you. I'm like not interested. Like I'm fucking, I'm almost 30 years old. I can't wait to dance. I'm like, Oh God, that sounds miserable. Like I want to dance when I want to dance, but I don't want to plan to dance to go yes. out. That scares me as a 35 year old. Now I'm just like, I can't commit to that. I'm sorry. No. Cause I want to be able to like wear cute shoes, dance next to my bar stool and then sit back in my bar stool as soon as I'm ready. Yeah, you got to like have your space. As long mm-hmm. as you have like your chair, your bar stool, you're good. That's why every time we go to sidetrack, we go to the same room. Yeah. I mean, that's the best room, the sauna. Yeah. It's the best fucking room. And the bartender is always so nice. It's so great. I miss that bar so much. I miss it. it like, act, I actually just felt like chest pressure, like a pain in my heart. I was just talking to somebody today about that, how I was there like twice a month, at least like sometimes twice a week. Like it mm-hmm. was a home away from home. I just knew everybody. Like it was a comfortability 
It, was, yes. it wasn't about like the drinking. It was just like the, the social, you know, being. Yes. I mean, and then, it, and like the more you go there, it's like you become friends with the bartender. So then they hook you up and you hook them up. And then it's fun to like walk through the bar and be like, hi, hi. Like, you know, everyone, it's like a big yeah. family. It's like a mini pride parade. It's fun. So fun. Oh, love. Yeah, it's like the num- number one thing I think I miss. Like, yes, I miss going to movie theaters. I miss like all the like concerts. But, like, how often did I do that? Like, this was a place that I went to often. Yeah. It was like it was a haunt. It was a spot. Yes. Um, all right, let's get into the writing of it all. So your second book just came out at first sight. I'm loving it. I have like 30 pages left. I'm not ready to be done, quite frankly. I'm so excited for you. Oh my God. It's I'm stressed, but it's really good. Um, but I wanted to ask how, like, did you always know you wanted to be an author? Oh no, not at all. Um, I think like the first job that I ever wanted was like a cartoonist. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I can't even draw that well, but like I was just like obsessed with like art and drawing. And then I started getting into acting mm-hmm. a little bit, like middle school days. I was doing like the school plays and stuff. And then I was like, no, that's not for me either. And then I was like, you know what I really like? Movies. So then I started editing movies in my communications class. And then I was taking writing classes in college and I was like, wait a second, this is actually what I really like to do. I like to come up with the story. And then that's kind of how it happens. That's really cool. I don't think in all the years we've been friends, I knew that it like took you that long to figure out that that's what you wanted to do. But I lo- like, I think it's so necessary to like try different things. Yeah. If it, it means necessary. like, yeah. Cause it guides you towards like what you really want. And I love video editing. I think like in that of itself is storytelling. Mm-hmm. So like, what I really like is storytelling. I call myself a storyteller, not a writer. Mm-hmm. Because I have so much to learn like when it comes to writing. Like mm-hmm. I didn't go to college for like write creative writing. Like that wasn't my thing. It was basically storytelling. So like that's what I like to do. I love that. And I really, what I really love about the way your books are written is because they read so cinematically. And like, those are always the types of books I like where it just, I'm like, okay, so when are you going to get the movie deal? Because it's so clear how it's all written. And I mean, listen, I'm not an, you're my hookup. Come on. I'm working on it. I know. I know. I'll, I'll I'll always text you and be like, okay, here's my picture for this person from a casting standpoint. I love, like, I always cast any book I read. I always cast it with like actors. I know. have to, because then it's like, who are you seeing a blank face? Like read a picture. I think. Yes. Agree. Wait, sorry. Random tangent. Did you watch a haunting of Bly Manor? Of course I did. Do you remember the lady in the lake with her like fucked up face that like wasn't a face? I had a dream the other night that the lady in the lake was like attacking me and I kept trying to like punch her, but I couldn't. You have the scariest dreams. I like, have the most fucked up dreams. I was with like night terrors or something. Because when I, I was little, I had night terrors. Yeah. I knew, I knew it because my cousin has the same thing and he like wakes up screaming and I'm like, this is Hannah. Like yeah. she has the creepiest dreams. I know. I'm like the lady in the lake. Like in my dream, my friend and I were like walking up to a house and my friend was like, oh, I don't want to stay there. That's a fucked up house. Like there's creepy people in there. Like that's not going to be good. And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And before I know it, I'm being hunted down by the lady in the lake. Anyways. You're the one that's like, yeah, we're going to go in this house. Yeah. I was like, it's going to be fine. And then I was like, it's not fine. (laughs) (laughs) 
Hi, everyone. Sorry to interrupt. Don't at me because I have something super exciting to share with you. So listen, I believe in living a balanced, healthy, and delicious lifestyle, which is why I'm thrilled to partner with Go Macro and introduce y'all to my newest healthy obsession. So Go Macro is a mother-daughter-owned company that believes in bringing accessible, plant-based, delicious bars to everyone. They use quality ingredients. Everything is organic and non-GMO to provide nutritional benefits and delicious flavors without any additional preservatives or bullshit. And the best part is that unlike so many other protein bars out there that have like a weird texture or a chalky aftertaste, Go Macro Bars are delicious. I'm not even kidding y'all. I'm a terrible liar. They are so fucking good. They have this like doughy, almost cookie dough-like texture that is just so yummy. And they come in a variety of scrum diddly flavors. Um, some of my favorites are Heartwarming Retreat, which is their oatmeal chocolate chip flavor. I also love mocha chocolate chip. I'm a chocolate girl. What can I say? Um, And they come in chic packaging, so you can feel all cute when you're like throwing them into your purse and then whipping them out while you're in your car, like as a scrumptious, healthy midday snack. Um, And listeners, listen, I love y'all, so I have a discount code for you. Yes, yes, you know I love a deal. If you use my code Hannah A. Brown at checkout, you get 25% off of your order. Yes, 25%. So... Head on over to Go Macro right now and use my code Hannah A. Brown at checkout. Thank me later. DM me. Let me know what you think. Let me know what flavors you like. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you because this is like really, really a product I believe in. And um, yeah, enjoy. Thank me later. And back to the show. Okay. So your first book, Which Way? is a different genre than at first sight. Like which way is more fantasy at first sight is more like romance action. Would you say? Yeah. Action adventure. I think action adventure. Yeah. What made you decide to like switch genres for your second book? I am a huge believer of that. I'm still a novice in this craft. So I'm kind of just trying like throwing the spaghetti at the wall kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So first in college, I was just like filming stupid movies with my roommates. And I like my favorite show ever is Buffy, as you know, duh. And I wrote kind of like a little TV series called The Others. And it was like very fantasy, like gods and demons and vampires and just craziness. Mm-hmm. So after that, I was talking to my friends in the car and we were like, we should write a scary movie. So then we wrote a scary movie. And then after that is when I wrote Which, which Way. And I was like, okay. I've done the fantasy thing like twice. Now I did the scary movie. Like what else can I do? And then I was like, well, I want to like, I don't know, challenge myself more. And so that's how like the fight scenes and like rocket launch explosions, like stuff mm-hmm. like that is what I really wanted to explore. That's like every time I read a fight scene and at first sight, I'm always like, how did he even like picture this? Like it really does blow my mind. Yeah, it's just crazy. I don't know. I love, like like I said, Buffy was like a huge influence because it was so much action. Mm-hmm. And I love how they choreographed the fighting, like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon style. So like mm-hmm. I wanted to, you know, try my own hand at it. That's amazing. It's so cool. When you're like writing those action scenes, do you like picture it in your head and you're like, okay, how do I want to write this? Like, do you have to like break down what the fight moves are going to be and like the order in which they're going to happen? Because there are parts where I'm like, oh my God, like a character will do something in retaliation to another character. And I'll be like, Oh, I wouldn't have thought to do that in that fight sequence. Do you know what I mean? What would you have done like a backflip? I'm a bad fighter. I would be dead. Like I I wouldn't survive. (laughs) 
I don't know what I'm doing either. It's not like I like took like classes or anything like karate and everything, but like, I just, yeah, I guess I just see it in my head. Yeah. Simple as that is like, I, I'm just kind of like picturing like, okay, if I get punched in the face and I'm going to be knocked into the wall and like mm-hmm. I knock into a mirror, it's probably going to crack. Like there's going to be a shard of glass on the floor. Like I'm going to pick that up mm-hmm. and like, you know, it's ha- like, it just kind of all happens like fast in my daydreaming. Mm-hmm. That's, I always like daydream my scenes and then I like put it in an outline and then I start writing it like word for word. Um, That's like a perfect segue though, because I wanted to ask um, like, what is your writing process like? So, yeah, I mean, it takes me a long time to really can like configure my whole story from beginning to end. A lot of the time I don't have like the middle parts figured out at all. I like to kind of go with the characters and see what decisions they're going to make. But I always have like a very strong middle or (laughs) beginning and end. Mm -hmm. So writing my outlines, I'll start there. Like, okay, this is how it ends. This is how it starts. Sometimes it'll change like Mm -hmm. while you're writing, but I pretty much have a pretty good idea of the story where I want to start it, where I want to finish it. Love. And then do you like, where do you prefer to write? When assuming the world is open, like where's your favorite place to go? write? Yeah. Always coffee shops. Like that's just my hangout. I like ambient noise. I can't do like just silence. I need some sort of like music or talking in the background. I need like human interactions. That's Mm -hmm. why it's so tough right now to write in my apartment by myself. I don't have any roommates. Like I'll have the TV on maybe just for some background noise, but like I am the type of person that just needs that energy of other people. So it's been difficult right now, but yeah, coffee shops are where I like to go. They're the best. I feel that like I, I had a friend introduce me to ambient rooms on YouTube this year. It's like, okay, I thought I would, but then I'd be like in a coffee shop, a a coffee shop ambient room. And I'd be like, but I just want to be in a real coffee shop now. And now I'm just like more sad that I'm not actually there. I'm I'm a weirdo because I put like rain noises on at night, like to sleep. Like I love ambient noise. Like I Mm -hmm. can't do quiet. I just can't. Oh my gosh. It's the worst. I like, I feel like all of my twenties, I would always have like Bravo on in the background just to do anything at all. And now that I'm like, not as into Bravo, I'm like, what's my new ambient noise. I still have to figure it out. Okay. So I would try like nature noises. Like maybe it's not humans. Maybe it is just like random crickets. Mm, I do love rain noises too. Or like a babbling brook. See, I think that's more up your alley. Okay. Okay. You might be onto something, Joe. Um, Also, when it comes to genre, like, do you, you don't have to answer this if you want to be a secret, but like, do you see yourself sticking to the action adventure genre for your next book or are you going to switch it up again? What do you think? I kind of like taking pieces of everything that I've done, every genre and like putting it into the next one. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's going to be some sort of action in the next one, but I don't think I'll write another action adventure, like at least right away. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you more like thriller route? I want more like mystery and creepiness, Mm -hmm. murdery vibes, not like assassin murdery, but more like, creepy killer in a bed and breakfast vibe. Ooh, scary. I love, do you find like you get your best ideas when you're doing something else? All the time. Right. Like you'll be like at the gym or like, you know, on the train and you're like, Oh shit, 
all the time. That's why I'm so happy I have the notepad app in the mm-hmm. phone because that's filled to the brim with ideas for me. Like do you keep them organized or do you sometimes just have to sift through all of them and be like, what did I write here? I got to sift. I'm not that like, happy at the time. Like I do have my overall ideas that I want to write. But then when I get like that quick, like, oh, for this character, maybe she should be a horse trainer. Like mm-hmm. I'll just write it in my phone wherever. And so then I'll have to find it later on and be like, horse trainer, what's that? About? <laughs> yeah. I'll totally like forget what it was I was even thinking about. So, yeah. oh my gosh, I thank God for the notes app because it really does suck when you're like, no, no, no I'll remember that idea later. You never, never fucking do. do. Never you do. have to write it down. I also have sometimes opened my notes app to find, especially when I lived in Chicago, because we know that that was a darker time for me to find like just the ramblings of like my drunkenness. And I thought that I was writing some like profound piece of literature. And I'm like, thank God this never saw the light of day. Cause I'm like, whoa, girl, you really thought you did something there and you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why I don't don't write when I'm drunk. Like people go to bars a lot and they like have their Manhattans or whatever. And they were like, anytime I've done that the next day, I'm like trash delete. I delete everything that I've written. I, I just hate it. I'm not a fan of my creative concepts when I'm altered. Yeah. I, I think like, that's like the hardest part though. Like anytime I've tried to write something and I'm bad at finishing things that I start to write, but like, I think like, writing something when you're like in the moment and then waiting a few months and going back and be like, fuck, I actually hate that. Whether you were drunk or not, like you don't always like your first, like your first draft can be kind of a fucking mess. And then you're like, Oh my God, this is so bad. What am I doing here? The imposter syndrome starts to set in. And then you're like, how do I go back and like start over? But sometimes you have to. And sometimes you can leave that story for another time. Like I have a really cool mermaid story, but like it just wasn't the right time to be writing it. I think I got like three chapters in I took months to like prepare and just like daydream about my scenes and everything and it just like while I was writing I saw Aquaman at the time and then that show Siren came out and I was like Mm -hmm. too much underwater mermaid like stuff going on like it's influencing me like I just have to put this on the back burner right now and I'm glad I did because like that's gonna be a cool story one day just not this year not today that's so smart I think that's like really hard when you're like, I think it's such a wise decision as a creator to be like, I'm being influenced by this content because it's like trending right now. And I need to like separate myself so that like I can figure out what's my perspective and like, what do I bring to this subject that's different? Even if it wasn't really influencing me, they were so similar. They had like family issues going on. And I kept like, while I was watching it, I was distracted because I was like, oh, that's just like my story. Oh no. Like, and I didn't want there to be two kind of stories. Like, obviously everyone's going to see Aquaman and no one's going to read my book (laughs) comparison. But like, to me, I didn't want that, you know, at the time I was like, let's just hold off on this for a little while until people forget about underwater stuff. And then I could have... You know, mm-hmm. and it's like fresh and like there's a freshness to it because you're like, oh, I've been away from this subject for a while. And now you're like excited to write about it as opposed to like forcing it the second you have that initial idea. I know because a lot of writers do that. They don't move on to something until they're done with that piece. But that's mm-hmm. just not how I work. Like I have other stories where I've started them and I'm just like, not yet, but I still love it and I'm still excited about it. But there's something else that came that I'm like, oh my God, I have to write this now. Totally. Stories that you have to write. I really like, I'm such a firm believer in that. Like 
in any creative field, like following like any sort of like ping that you have to either write something or like put it off. Like, like you said, it'll still be there. Like I think of how many like video ideas I've had that I've either waited on or not actually done. And I'm like, the ones I want to do are the ones that are out there. And those are the ones that I always are created. You always get them out. And the ones that you haven't done yet, you still can do. They're still going to be funny at one point. Yeah. They might be better if you hold off. Yeah. There's like patience is a virtue truly when it comes to the creative process. Um, You're right. Wait, what'd you say? I usually have none of that, but you're right. You and I are both impatient and at least we can like bond over it. <laughs> we see that and we recognize it and we try to work on it, but mm-hmm. then we and we're like, fuck it. Yeah. I mean, again, we befriended each other working in a restaurant where we'd be like, why am I not cut yet? I've been working for a half hour. <laughs> I need so much money, but cut me. But I don't want to be here. Nobody <laughs> wants to be here. <laughs> I love Marnie. I know. Listeners, you should know that when we worked together, that was our favorite quote from girls was when Ray would be like, you know, Marnie, it really doesn't seem like you want to work here. Nobody wants to work here. (laughs) (laughs) And then we were like, why do our managers not like us? I don't understand. I'm like, maybe because I'm a nightmare. I was like, why do they hate me? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm a nightmare person who makes it clear that I don't want to be here. That's called growth, Joe. Like recognizing that like we were the Kristen Doty of our workplaces. Like that's important. Oh, we were the Kristen Doty. I'm not going to say you were. I'm going to say I was. But I I feel it too. Like that's the person that if I had to look at one of them and be like, okay, yep, that was me. Same. Like Like, cigarettes, but yeah. Yeah, same. same. (laughs) (laughs) Screaming at someone in a mob closet, you know, getting in fights with my boss. You know, it's just how it goes. word like you know you know it happens (laughs) um let's get into my standard interview questions first of all joe pacenti where did you grow up i grew up in the suburbs of chicago carol stream illinois do you miss it not at all i'm not a suburbs boy i'm a city boy for sure um it wasn't like terrible growing up there like we played ghosts in the graveyard growing up like Mm -hmm. good schools whatever but it was just so like cookie cutter and like like too many of the same like here's a wendy's here's a taco but like it just was too <laughs> suburban and it wasn't me i mean why do we have to drive everywhere like there's too much stuff that i just i'm not a fan of of suburbs mm-hmm. and, and suburbs can be weirdly isolating like i feel like what i loved especially about living in chicago was like you're on the train you're like walking with people like you're in the mix and in suburbs it's kind of like everyone's in their little like edward yeah. scissor hands like slot Perfectly. That's exactly how I felt. I just yeah. felt. Yeah. When did you move to Chicago? How old were you? Uh, it was like a year after college, like 25. So yeah, it's been 10 years. <gasps> yeah. That's exciting. Oh, it's been crazy. I can't believe it. It feels like yesterday, but then it also feels like a hundred years that I've been here. Like it's insane. Totally. Oh, I love that. Have you always lived in the, I guess you don't have to talk about where you live because I guess that's a security issue. Have you From like the but, area that you've known where I've lived? Yes. I've always lived in that pretty much neighborhood. And have you like, was Chicago the type of place where like when you got there, you were like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Like, I feel so good here. I mean, I felt that always like even growing up when we would go to like the Sears tower and mm-hmm. just like, no, like I always felt like alive here and it was like mm-hmm. always something new, a new adventure. So like, I always kind of knew like, I want to be in a city. Like that's where it seems to be the most fun, especially mm-hmm. when you turn 21. It's like, that's 
where all the bars are. That's where I'm going to have fun. So oh my God, I know. But sometimes Joe, maybe this is just because I've lived in a big city for so long. But do you ever like, sometimes I fantasize about like getting like fucked up at like a mall bar in a suburb. Well, yeah. I mean, you can do that though. Like I've done that with friends. Cause like, it's so random. Olive garden. And we're like at the bar there and it is so random. So fun. Yeah. It's like so random that it's like funny. You're like, Whoa, I'm really balling out at like PF Chang's right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> fun though. <laughs> it's not your everyday life. Like if you did that all the time, that's when it's not fun. You're right. Like if I were like the, the broad who just was always at the PF Chang's bar, like every Friday at 4 PM. <laughs> Chardonnay. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. With like a big buttery glass of Chardonnay. Uh, I do now- love those regulars. Like when I worked at bars and stuff, like, you know, like it's just fun to talk to them. Oh, totally. I mean, I went through years where I thought I was like a chic lady because I went to the bar alone, but I was actually sad. (laughs) (laughs) I I look back at that time and I'm like, I don't know her. I swear that wasn't me. (laughs) No, like going to the bar alone can be like invigorating. It can be fun. You can meet people like... Don't make a habit of it, but like it's kind of a, your own adventure. It's like a me date. Like you yeah, gotta have. I on. love a me date. I think it's I. I think a me date though, if you get a couple drinks and then you get like a sensible buzz and then you leave, that's one thing. If you go yeah. alone and you're getting like obliterated and you're okay. like there until that last call. That an alone part. Yes. Y'all can't see I'm pointing to myself. I mean, I'm sure a lot of the listeners have as well. When you, well, when you're in the restaurant industry, then you befriend the bartender or maybe you're hooking up with the bartender and then you're like, why would I leave? Like, <laughs> I'm going to get drunk until you get off work and then we're going to leave together. Is that not what's happening? Like, come it on. happens. Come on. That's, that's not really like you're alone then. That's like you're on a mission. So that's different. That's true. You're on a mission to get a dick appointment. I thought what you were going to say is, have you ever just fantasized about being like in um, like a Kentucky with like the starry night and have a farm? I'm like, no, never. That is <laughs> a fantasy of mine. I never want that life. I don't need it. I want to be in a city. Like that's just... No, me. I want to be drunk at a suburban mall bar and that's all. <laughs> um, what was your first job? Uh, my first job was Toys R Us. Oh my gosh. I forgot you worked at Toys R Us. How was that? I mean, it was like an adventure for a 16 year old, like, or 15, however old I was. Like it was fun. Did you work the holidays? That's how I got hired. And then they let me go. I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Then they hired me like four months after they let me go. So I was like, oh, okay. That's fine. Oh my God. But working at a toy store during the holidays, that builds character. Yeah. Like the fact that people kept saying coupon... Like, I just couldn't handle it. Like, you know how I am. Like, certain things just bother me. And that sounds. Yep, sounds. It's all auditory. You're right. Wait, because they said coupon and not coupon? Correct. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why, but after you hear it over and over and over, and every suburban mom who was just getting drunk at the Applebee's bar. (laughs) says here's my oh i can't find my coupon i'd be like it's a coupon it's a french word and you're like like, shut up (laughs) no wonder i got like let go (laughs) oh my gosh did you correct them were you like excuse me lady you're saying the word wrong no i probably did like that's just me i can't help myself like i I have a limit you know yeah unlike mean girls the limit definitely exists it does for me i mean i didn't always say mean things but you could see it on my face 
That was my favorite part about working with you. You just see me looking angry, like looking at my tables, like no idea. You're like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, you look like you were scowling at them. And you're like, no. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I look at my tables like, how dare you inconvenience me by eating at this restaurant where I work? <laughs> <laughs> But then it was like always followed up with like a sweet smile. You were so good about like, okay. (laughs) Maybe like, I don't know what the fuck is going on with her. Like, it's like a choose your own adventure book. It's like, who are we getting? Yeah. Well, speaking of, I was going to make my book into a choose your own adventure book. And I (gasps) looked up how to do it and how complicated it is. And I was like, no effing way. I cannot do this. That's so hard would have been a lot of fun, but like, I just already had my story set up. So like, it would have just been weird with taking all these like tangents that I, I just couldn't do it. Like oh I gosh. looked at the program to do it and I was like, no way. Yeah. Cool. In theory, really fucking hard in practice. I don't blame you. Exactly. Um, sure. What was your favorite outfit that you wore to a school dance? Whoa. What a crazy. <laughs> and like this. Oh, I don't know. Um, I didn't have like cool style for dances. I don't know. Like I was just excited to get like a new tie all the time. Mm. What kind of ties were you into? Like a brightly colored tie, a pattern tie, like a goofy tie. Always like a darker shade and always had some sort of design, but like you couldn't really see the design unless you really looked at it. Like that is my style. Mm. Like, was it like, like it had a slight shimmer to it? Light shimmer was always my thing all the time. Cause I Mm -hmm. wanted like, you know, I wanted flashy, but I, couldn't do flashy so like with certain lights that's when I subtle mysterious yeah that's completely me (laughs) when you went to school dances did you wear like a matching like vest cummerbund like hell no tie maybe maybe prom like it's hard to even think back but no it was just like dress shirt maybe a tie and then like pants yeah, my school, like, I realized most of my friends when they went to prom, like, they had, like, a yellow dress and then their date would wear, like, a yellow vest and a yellow tie and have, like, a ye- like they would, like, coordinate. My school, it was never that serious. What? Was it couples doing that? I feel like that was, like, a very couple thing to do. For but I feel like, I mean, I think it's usually my friends that are from, like, more, like, rural areas where it was, like, just more of, a, like, a like a thing that you did to, like, coordinate with your date. Whereas my school, it was just, like you said, like, the boys would just, like, wear a suit with a tie, and then I would just, like, pick out a dress I liked. School dances that I went to, it was, like, homecoming where I wouldn't even have a date. It was just, like, go with your group of friends, and we all kind of just, like, went together. Like, it oh. wasn't so, like, couple at least for me and my friends. I wish high school me knew that that was the move. Like, go to homecoming with your friends, eat the chicken tenders, go do the yeah. chocolate fondue yeah. thing, like ha- dance your little ass off and have a great time. And I learned from my older sister, like, that's what she would do. Like, a lot of them were coupled, but like, they just had the big, like, cool prom group. And I was like, oh, that looks like fun. Like, that's what I always wanted. Just like the group that you mm-hmm. had. Like, Whoever would hook up would hook up and whatever, but like you had your core group of friends. And I love Yeah. Because if you have a date, it's like you have to like you maybe have to hang out, but it's like unclear. It's like, do I even like this person? Yeah. Like I'd rather just go talk with my friends. Like, yeah, that's just that's how I that's how I look at it. Agree. Um, who was your cartoon crush growing up? Oh, that's so good. I mean, I had a few, as weird as that sounds. Like, I think we have some of the similar ones. Yeah. Um, Robin Hood. Hot. Just like his attitude, the eyes, just something about it. His accent. He has like a beautiful voice. Who doesn't love those accents? Come on. Come on. Also, Jessica Rabbit. Like, 
Oh my gosh. Amazingly hot. Just like the body, like, and this shimmery dress, like the whole thing, like the hair over the, you know, I love a good hair over the eye moment. Yes. And she was the epitome of that. Like probably why I love that so much. Oh my gosh. I remember like being a kid and watching Roger Rabbit and like just being so confused about like, like by how hot she was. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I love this. Oh, she's the best. An icon. Yeah, I agree. So those are probably my top two, if I had to think. Yeah. Love. I'm shocked that Prince Eric didn't make the cut. Well, I mean, I love Prince Eric, but like, he's kind of a background character to me. It's not like somebody who jumps out. Like, yes, you're Mm. conventionally good looking, but like, do I ever really like the conventionally good looking? Like, not really. (laughs) You're like, I just don't know what my type is. Um, No, I agree. Like, I think Prince Eric is like super hot in his like billowy blouse. Like a pirate. Like, you're cool. Yeah. I wouldn't like you. But like, I was way more drawn to Ariel just because like personality coming out of her vocal cords. Yeah. She had like more dimension to her. Hair over the eye. Like it's just a side swoop. That's my thing. When she's over him with the sun behind her and the hairs there, like, yeah. A moment. I got to think think for that. You also love a red lip. And then I feel like when Taylor Swift started doing a red lip, you were like, Oh my God, Hannah, you should be doing a red lip all the time because Taylor Swift's doing it. I also told you to get like the short Taylor Swift haircut during 1989. Yes. Yeah. I was the Bob. Yeah, Cause I was obsessed with her. I was like, this album is everything. Her mm-hmm. look is everything. So yeah, mm-hmm. I just wanted you cause I don't have hair. So you live vicariously through mine, which I is do. fair. I do. And I remember when you saw Britney in Vegas, you were like, she had that I'm fucking finished. hot Bob. Like she's so fucking hot in that Bob. You were like, <laughs> yes, bitch. <laughs> I was screaming at the top of my lungs. Like we were all so drunk for that. And that's the way you have to be for a Britney concert in Vegas. I mean, come on. Was it just amazing? I can't really even express (laughs) to you how much I loved my life in that moment. Like it really was just everything. I bought my friend tickets because we were just going and he was like buying the hotel or whatever the case was. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to buy him some Britney Spears tickets. So I way in the back and it was a Wednesday night. And so we're like walking back there and the usher's like, do you guys want to like go over here to this row, like kind of in the pit? And I was like, is it better than my seats? And he was like, yeah, you're row W. Uh, this is the pit. Like you are right by her. You're going to be like, oh, way." My God. And that's why it was so incredible because we were like right there, like six feet away from her. Was she just so perfect and fierce? She was, and her dancers were like incredible. They were like giving everything. It was a Wednesday night for her, so she mm-hmm. wasn't giving everything, but it was still like my first time ever seeing her. Like I was in awe. Knowing what we know now about like the fact that she's fully imprisoned, like the fact that you got to see her perform live, like is so special. I mean, it really is like, who knows if I would ever get that opportunity again. That's why I was like, I have to do this. I have to see her. Like all those songs are so iconic. Like, I don't care if you say you're not really a fan of her music, you know, her music. And that's, what's fun about concerts. Yes. Music. You're going to have a good time. Yes. Oh my gosh. Did I tell you about the time I saw her when I was in Vegas, but like at a restaurant? No. Oh my gosh. There was one time I went to Vegas for um, my friend's birthday and we were staying at the Wynn 
And we had had like a really crazy night out the night before and I had a terrible hangover and we were going to go get breakfast. I know that's the theme of the episode. Um, And we were going to get breakfast at the restaurant downstairs and we called down and we're like, can we sit outside? And they're like, oh no, we're not like sitting outside today. And we like looked out the window and we're like, it's like a beautiful day. Why not? But we were like, whatever. So we sit and I'm like so fucked up, like about to puke on my cheeseburger. And I like look up because I'm the only one facing the door and I see Brittany and her sons like walking through with her security. And I was like, that's Britney Spears. And my friends were like, what? And I was like, that's Britney Spears. Oh my God. And I was in so much pain. But I remember just seeing her with like her top knot. I could see her tracks. She had her little like camazon camisole on with her bra, like hanging out and her jeans and her like chunky sneakers with her sons. And it was this so well. And like the era that you saw her too. Yes. And she like marched straight out to the balcony. And I was like, that's why you're not seating outside today because you were seating Britney and her sons outside. I just loved that. Like, I could just see you right here. Like you're like, Oh, that's Britney Spears. Like you just couldn't even handle. It was the coolest I had ever been around a celebrity because I literally wasn't well enough to be excited. <laughs> like had I been like firing on all cylinders, I would have been like. Ooh. Oh my God. That's what a great. Moment. What a moment. Um, who would your celebrity bestie be and why? Oh, this is tough. Um... My celebrity bestie. I watched the show Kingdom and I don't know his name, but he was one of the fighters and he's like so kind of like goofy, but like, you know, he would kill somebody when he like has your back. Mm-hmm. So like, I always feel like he would be a good bestie for me because he would make me laugh and he's got my back. I love that. I love that answer. It's kind of niche. What's Kingdom? It's not the 10th Kingdom, is it? No, it's just this like UFC, like, cage fighting show oh bonus he plays a gay guy and it was like really amazing show like three seasons i definitely recommend it i was obsessed with it so good and i'm not like a ufc fighter type of person like i could care less about that Mm -hmm. but it was more like sopranos vibes of just like how intense everything gets in these people's lives oh my god i love that wait what's it what was it on uh, I think Showtime, but okay. I think it's on Netflix now. So that's how I watch it. I'll look into this. Look you into know, it. you know who I think is an underrated celebrity bestie. Yeah, who who would yours be? I change this answer all the time, but my current answer is Justin Long. Oh yeah, he would be so funny. Like He's I want someone so who would funny. make me laugh. Yeah, exactly. Like a Zoe Deschanel. Like she would yes. Be- Yes. I like, I got into Justin Long's podcast recently and he's just like goofy and quirky and you can tell he's kind of neurotic and like, sometimes he gets awkward around his guests in like the most endearing, like human way. And I'm like, you're fucking Justin Long. Like, what do you have to be nervous about? But it's like so endearing. And I'm like, I feel like, and he posts really funny things on his Instagram, like turtle videos and stuff. And I'm like, I feel like we have the same sense of humor. I posted like penguin videos on my Instagram. Like, yes. I don't know why I do it, but I'm always like compelled to when I see like shed aquarium like videos i'm like okay i'm putting this on my story oh my god i love like unexpected wildlife content on my instagram it's like why would you follow an influencer when you can follow adorable animals exactly i had a question for you that i was really wondering about like podcasters how do you listen to everybody else's podcasts like when you have your own busy schedule like i know you listen to a lot of them so like where do you fit it in your day or do you just say that you listen to them and you don't really like how does it work 
I have my favorites and then I like dip in and out of a bunch of them. Like, like Justin Long's, like I love his podcast, but I really only listen if I'm interested in like the guest. I don't like commit to listening to every week. So I'm pretty much just like inconsistent, but I like dabble in a lot of different ones. And do you think everybody's like that? So like no one knows me. So you're going to have like three listeners on this one, but like your next one could be like, who knows? Like, (laughs) no, I think it depends. I, I really think it depends because like, Yeah. I don't know. I think for me, it's like, I try to be careful with the content I consume kind of like you were talking about with your mermaid book where it's like, I try to be careful with what I listen to. Cause if it seems at all similar to mine, I don't want to like through osmosis, like say anything even remotely similar. Oh, that's crazy to think about. Yeah. Um, so I like kind of got away from the Bravo niche because there's a so much of it. And it's just like, what can I say that hasn't been said like right away that, and also I didn't like it anymore. So I was like, I'm not going to have an interesting take when everyone else doing a show on this actually is super passionate about it. Yeah. So I was like, I would just rather talk to people because that's fun to me. (laughs) As you know, like I'm a music person, so I don't listen to enough podcasts. Like I just generally don't, but like, Mm -hmm. I want to, I just feel like, God, where's the time to be doing this. And then I was thinking about you, like you want to support all your fellow podcasters. Mm -hmm. How does she have time? Like, so I'll just Yeah. I dabble. And I I also like, I'll put it on like while I'm like tinkering around my house or like working out, like I'm, I'm not as much of a music person as you are and that I'm not good at like finding music and like cultivating a playlist. So like, I just listen to the same, like five songs on repeat. So like, I like podcasts because it's like, my favorite things to do, but it's like like, half the reason why I watch TV is just to get new music. Oh my God. Yes. HBO shows. Cause they're always like on top of it where it's like, that's a song I would listen to or like run to. Like I'm yes. ramming it and I'm making a playlist. Totally. That, well, and like, that's the thing. I feel like it's like such a, it's such a like niche, not niche, but like it, it has to be like an organic interest. Like for me, it's like, I'm lazy above all else. And a podcast allows me to like consume an hour of content. And I don't have to think about like putting on another song. Yeah. I can just well, do me, what I'm doing. Like, I have to pick one out. I have to figure out what I'm interested in that. I'm like, Oh no, I'm just going to listen to music. Like, so it's the lazy thing for me too, just in a different way. Yes. Because we all have our interests. Yeah. Like I said the other day, I was like, I need a coffee to go get a coffee. Like that's how lazy I am. So I totally feel you there. It's the pandemic fatigue. It's fucking real. Let me tell you. I put it on your story today and I was like, yes, I feel that so much. This is the Monday of the Mondays. Like, Yes. It feels deeply like Monday energy. My, Monday. my therapist was like, hey, just so you know, like I feel that way. Like literally all my clients feel that way. Like not to invalidate your feelings, but like, you're not alone. Like we're all at that point where we're just like, my God. It's nice. And it's in January, like February, like whatever month we're in right now, I don't even know. Like, it's just so wintry here too. It's just awful. It's bad. Yeah. It's not wintry here. I'm not going to lie to you, but it's, it's just weird. Like coming up on a year of this being like, Oh my God, that's a year of my life. Yeah. My, one of my really good friends was like, this pandemic took away one of my hot years. And like, I demand that I get that year back. And I'm like, that's fair. Oh, it is. Um, what's your favorite act of self-care? Hmm. I like skin products a lot. Like I'm always trying to like, what can I moisturize with? Like, that's kind of my thing lately. Um, just making time to sit on the couch under a blanket with my tea, like an 80 year old grandma. Like that is definitely what I do a lot of my nights where I'm not, you know, opening a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. So I just make my, like make the time for yourself to just relax. I don't think people relax enough. That is a very true statement, especially in like 
American culture. Yeah. And I hate that. Like, cause I'm a Taurus. I'm very grounded in the earth and I'm just like, I just want to stay right here. And like, mm-hmm. I can be very social too, but like there's a time and place for both. Yeah. Like you need that time to recharge by yourself. Yeah. And obviously I like reading. I like when people give me a new book to read, like I'm, I'm trying to read more. Like it's funny as it is, like I don't read as often as I should be because I do write. So I want to like learn from the best, but mm-hmm. it's just so much easier to put on a Netflix show or something like, you know, like that. I know because it's almost like it gets too close to home sometimes where you're like, but I don't want to read because I already write all the time. So I just want to turn my brain off and like completely enjoy this other medium. Yes. You hit it on the head. That's exactly it. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I agree with you though. Like as far as like having like a relaxation ritual of like, I'm going to make my tea. I'm going to take out this blanket that I love. I'm going to like put on this show or the whatever, like having a routine, like literally a relaxation routine. Yeah. And rain sounds at night when I'm sleeping. So do you fall asleep to the rain sounds? I keep it on a repeat the whole night. Is it on like YouTube? I just go, Alexa, play sleep sounds. And then she goes like, what do you want to listen to? And I'm like, rain on the tent or whatever. I'm going through that. And she handles it. She does it all. Thank God. Wow. for Alexa. That's amazing. Oh. So you're not single in quarantine. You have Alexa. I got Alexa. I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid to get Alexa because once you have a short haircut, yes, that. she literally just looks like Taylor Swift circa 1989. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor and Joe. I mean, oh my on. gosh, yes, cutest couple award. I'm afraid to get one because, like, once you say her name once, she's always she always thinks you're talking to her, and you're like, not or right now. We'll say it, and it's like, and she's like, hello, and I'm like, not you, bitch. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I tell her to calm down. <laughs> yes. Um, do you have a hype up song? And if so, what is it? Ooh, I just heard uh, Cardi B's new one, Up. Up. Oh. So good. So, like, that's been hyping me up, like, today at least, in the mm-hmm. case of days. But overall, no, I, I just go through, like, a bunch of different ones. I send you a lot. Like, a lot of my music's, like, kind of mellow and low-key. But then I do have, like, my dancey songs as well. But, like, nothing that, like... I have to put on to hype me up. No. You're either just in that headspace or you're not. That's completely me. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. So you don't have like a workout song or anything that it just totally depends on your mood. List. Like I have my running playlist. So it's like a bunch of songs on there like that. I can't think of off the top of my head, but like, yeah, I have like, like I, I curate my playlist for my moods for sure. Were you like the friend in high school who made dope mix CDs? All the time. Yep. That's so like intimate. Like giving someone a mix CD is like, I see into your soul and I thought you would like these tracks. Like it's like yeah. a very intimate form of communication it's from the early 2000s. Made me think of you or us. Like that's really intense if you think about it. Yes. Oh, I remember one time in high school, this guy who I didn't like, but who liked me made a mix CD and it was like a really good mix CD. And I remember just wanting to be like, this is the Seth Cohen man of my dreams, like so badly, but like he so wasn't. And it was, it was a complicated uh, whirlwind of emotions. I was feeling listening to that awesome CD. Yeah. That's tough. That's like, almost like, should I just go for it? Cause his music taste is amazing. Like, I tried and it didn't work out cause I didn't like him. <laughs> <laughs> Growth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Listeners. Listen, if you don't like someone, it's okay. Even if they make you a good mix CD, you don't have to like them. You can try, but... But you won't. It won't work out. Um, Oh my gosh, this is my last question, Joe. Oh, okay. (laughs) 
what's something considered aspirational that you don't have yet, but you want, and it can be anything in the world. Okay. Give me the question again, because it's a toughie. Okay. What's something considered aspirational that you don't have yet, but you want? Um, meditation skills. Ooh. Yeah, I've been really like, cause you know how I listen to my sleep sounds at night. And then like one of the times Alexa was like meditation sounds. I'm like, no bitch. Like I want my brain. <laughs> but then I was like, wait, should I be doing meditation? Mm-hmm. And so I've been looking, like I've been reading about it a little bit and just how like beneficial health wise it is and mental clarity. And just like, I really feel like it could benefit me cause I'm kind of on a health journey lately, as you know. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be my answer. Meditation skills are like low-key, high-key aspirational to me too. Because I mean, even like Chelsea Handler, someone who literally made a brand off of being like a fucking mess who loves vodka. Like she found meditation and it like changed her life. Yeah. I just think it's important to like, like we said, like have your relaxation mode, but like there's another component to it, which is like your mental capacity of just like shutting down, letting yourself have all these thoughts run off and just kind of getting in a Zen peaceful state. Like mm-hmm. that seems ideal to me, like, especially with this year. Mm-hmm. Oh, it re- I'm really, I really need to start getting more flexible. Like it's bad. I need to work on that as well. Wait, stretching is an aspirational thing that you don't have yet, but you want. Yes. Like I, like I've always wanted to be like dancer just because my sister and everything. So it's like, yes. when I see, like them being so flexible. I'm like, God, I can't even touch my toes right now. Like I have to get better at this. Oh my gosh. I feel that so hard. Like I'll randomly have like stabbing lower back pain. And I'm like, I'm literally just standing in my kitchen. Like I'm not even yeah. doing anything because my body yeah. is just like, like crunchy. No, that's the same way I feel. (laughs) I really need to work on that. Meditation and stretching. Oh my gosh. I can't wait for like the inevitable, like yoga slash meditation retreat. You'll someday go on the next book. Hello. Oh my gosh. Yes. There's a serial killer at a yoga meditation retreat. We wrote it. Copywritten. I was going to say, when are we going to write something together? I think it'd be really fun. Oh my gosh. Someday we have all the time in the world. This pandemic's never ending. So I'll have my people call your people and we'll figure it out. Setting it up. Um, Joe, this was such a joy. Um, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Truly. Um, for having me. It was so much fun. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Will you please just plug, like tell my listeners where they can find you. I'm going to put the link to your book in the show notes, but just like plug all your stuff. So yeah, you can find which way or at first sight on amazon.com. Just type in my name or you can go to the book baby site as well. The link is in my Instagram bios. So there you have it. And what's your Instagram? Joe wrote this one. Joe wrote this one. Y'all give Joe a follow, check out his books, which way and at first sight. Um, Joe, thank you so much for being here. Listeners. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.